0: Welcome back to Scrub Club. I'm McKenna. I'm Nairi. And, uh, you know, we're here with another
1: episode. Um, we finished a few rounds of midterms. We're probably, we're heading up on round two or three. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Round two or three. I feel like that's the only words that we say on this is midterms, mid-term. midterms, midterms <laughs> But that's kind of our life. Half so. my sentence.
1: Oh, yeah. Midterm.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> But that's okay. That's that's where we're at. But anyway, we had a second. We're currently sitting in Nairi's car. We wanted to... Yes.
1: Life of a pre-med, you don't have time. Yeah, so
0: so we just got out of class. You just got to
1: cherish those moments when you can.
0: Yeah, and we said, let's just go record a quick episode. We haven't done it in a while, so we we have a little while before we have to go to some office hours. Oh, Um, yep. And this has kind of become our routine on Thursdays. We have a break in our classes before we go to a bunch of different office hours. And we go to a cafe, we get a bread pudding, we get a little <laughs> latte, we do our homework. We kind of kick back a little
1: before the yeah. grind starts again. So, yeah, so
0: we take a little breather.
1: It's been good. Class semester, like, this semester has been great times, especially. I, I don't have a night lab. I don't know if any of you guys have night labs. I, I did last semester, and it was horrible, and I know McKenna has one currently. It's horrible. <laughs> Um, When you're there till 10 p.m., nothing is fun. You don't want to do a titration. You don't want to clone. You don't want to <laughs> extract genomic DNA. Like, that's the last thing you want to do at 10 p.m.
0: No, really. Um, I Yeah, so I have class starting at 10 a.m. And then my lab on Mondays ends at 10 p.m. And by the end of that lab, I am ready to leave <laughs> and never come back. And then I go to bed and I wake up and think about my life choices and think you know what I should probably go again yeah but at Monday night I am the grade depends on it yeah, like... I'm like you know maybe I should I've, I've invested a lot in this I might as well keep going but <laughs> if you ask me at Monday night at 10 p.m. if I'm ever coming back to school the answer is no I am not
1: <laughs> but fortunately we both have we're lab partners we're lab buddies for chemistry lab which is on Wednesday afternoon a beautiful time um but we are lab partners and we have a lot of fun I'm not gonna lie the lab environment has definitely Definitely grown on me. Uh, we joked the entire time. Uh, we just have a good time. Except titration was definitely not. I was not a fan of.
0: <laughs> well, we just did it badly. <laughs> yeah, it
1: did not go successfully. Uh, we tried that two or three times. Um, it didn't go well. But you know what? I, I have McKenna on my side as a lab partner, and we made the most of it. So we it's figured okay. Figured it out. Yeah. So um, we're halfway through the semester of our first year of college. Um, and it's gonna come to an end in like a month and a half so that's pretty crazy
0: it's pretty crazy how much we've done in the past couple months
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: we've learned so much we've done so much I feel like not that I've changed as a person but just yeah I think so so much more oh
1: for sure Like, we were just talking about, you read a scientific article, you're like, oh, I know what's happening. Like, I'm looking at the microwave, I'm like, the vapor pressure emitted, like, the (laughs) the molecules are moving, so they have a higher KDE escape. Like, that stuff, it's starting to kind of, like, dawn on me, and I think it's really cool. It's a cool side effect.
0: Yeah, you look at things that you normally wouldn't look at differently, I guess. Yeah.
1: Um, And so, anyways, last time we had Dr. Darko on for an interview, and that was really cool. He was great. I hope you guys enjoyed it, listened to it, learned a lot. I know we did.
0: Yeah, it was awesome getting to talk to him because he's kind of exactly who we want to be. Yeah, trauma
1: surgeon, great guy. He's a DO, and so definitely a lot to learn from him so if you haven't already go check out the previous episode but uh yeah so today we're gonna jump into a few topics and one of them is gonna be the CRISPR babies which i know has been crazy that's been blowing up lately in the scientific community so first we want to kind of talk about what happened what CRISPR is what the gene is and um and then we can go into why the whole scientific community and kind of the world is going uh crazy
0: so basically this doctor in, where is he? China. Doctor in China decided to alter a gene in an embryo and then put that embryo into a mother. So then the babies, once they were born, they ended up being twins. Uh, the genes of that, of the two little girls that they ended up being were altered. And so basically there is a gene called CCR and, or CCR5. And it's a, it makes a protein that makes it possible for HIV to infect your cells. So if you don't have the CCR5 gene or if it's altered in some way, then you won't make the protein. And then theoretically, HIV won't be able to infect your cells. So what this doctor did is he altered the CCR5 gene in the babies or the embryos before he put them back in the mother because the mother didn't have HIV, but the father did have HIV. So basically, he was trying to make the babies immune to the father's HIV gene um or the virus from the HIV and so then he did this using the CRISPR-Cas9 editing technique and that's basically how he disabled the CCR5 gene and so it was successful uh he put so he disabled the gene he put the embryos into the mom and then the mom delivered two little girl twins and so now the little girls are growing up, but basically the the big groundbreaking slash the ethical yeah like controversial it. Yeah. part of it is he edited a gene in a human, and that Didn't really tell
1: anyone like, yeah so he did just it.
0: did it, and then these two babies come out, and he says, okay, these have an edited gene, and that's just a really controversial thing about editing genes in people. You know, they usually will they'll test it in plants they'll test it in animals
1: experimentation I understand but this is illegal in many countries including China including the US so he was he's up for the death penalty actually because of this because he just went and did it and then was kind of like going out and off and saying yeah I, I gene edited humans and you can't do that you can't just do that keep it quiet, come up. And now the thing is these babies, like they're living, growing girls. And so that's why the scientific community is kind of like in an uproar is because these girls are going to grow up and you have no idea what the effect is. Like these these two girls are going to grow up and then if they have kids, what is that going to do for the rest of the world? Because now this gene edit is now going to be in, in the their DNA. Genome. Yeah. It's going to be in the human genome. So if they reproduce and then they, the kids, kids reproduce, you have no idea what the effect is going to be.
0: So yeah, the kids are, or the little girls are likely immune to HIV, but they don't know what this mutation will do besides that, because it may have other, um, consequences besides yeah. the one benefit exactly. and they don't know and so now these girls are going to grow up and they may want to have kids and then they have that gene and then how does that gene get passed down how does that work how does it alter when they when the girls have a baby with a normal person with a normal ccr5 gene so basically it's just pretty controversial but it was cool to read about it because it's cool scientifically yeah, because exactly. we're we're reading about in our molecular genetics class, that's kind of exactly what we're reading about of eukaryotic gene expression. And um, so we're reading about how how you could, I guess, do that, but not necessarily in uh, editing genes in humans, but just editing gene regulation in.
1: If you mutate it, the effect it's going to have. Yeah. So, you know, um, and I guess the thing with CCR5, that gene, it has two parts. Um, And so he was able to disable both copies in one of the twins and the other twin, I guess it was unsuccessful. So technically one was born normally and healthy and then there's, but there's no way to actually know. So that's the thing. That's like the big uproar of it is like he's successfully able to do it in one, maybe not the other. So there's so much kind of like doubt and cloudiness and you don't know what exactly happened and now now they're gonna grow up the the only way to
0: really figure out if they actually are immune to HIV is by exposing them to the HIV virus which obviously you're not going to do because these are living people and you're not going to potentially give somebody a, a fatal disease yes Just for the point of science. Yes.
1: So it was interesting because, like McKenna said, it does relate to what we're doing now. Actually, in biology lab and molecular biology lab, we're like cloning and transforming, injecting DNA, editing the genes, trying to sequence them.
0: And And if it it works, that's really cool. I know it does, yeah. But then there's also that gray area of... It is cannot. that okay and if They're you do most, okay maybe this situation yeah. works but then maybe other scientists try it out and it doesn't work and what kind of people are we going to be bringing exactly. into this world with all I'm, these edited yeah, genes human, human
1: editing so that was really interesting um, and i know he's up for the death penalty as i had said that's crazy I so know we're about... gonna see what's gonna happen to dr he's i believe how dr. you he? say yeah dr he um so yeah, we wanted to throw that to you guys. I know that in Word, the New York Times article has a great kind of summary on it and why everyone's like so upset about it, like the ethical issues behind it, but we wanted to bring that up to you guys. Um, we'll be probably keeping tab, going a little bit more info on it, and so, yeah. So moving on, we wanted to talk about 10 of the most bizarre medical practices because <laughs> Back in the day, I don't think they used. it. I mean, the technology today is crazy, but I don't. They didn't have this technology back then. <laughs> obviously, and they came up with some pretty creative uh, methods. Creative is <laughs> a way to put it. Yeah. So one of them is urine therapy. Now, I don't work with urine. I don't. I don't. I, you know, have a real liking to it. You know, <laughs> I don't have a dislike. I don't. It. I know, mean, you work is- with
0: urine a lot more in the, the ER. <laughs> I do. Um, you know, there's a lot of. <laughs> i mean <laughs> i guess so yeah i mean you
1: can test a lot from something like once yeah. you yeah of course well but... we do
0: you do your analysis on so many people um because that can tell you a lot of things a lot of like older ladies always have utis and so if they have um and some kind of infection it you a lot of the time will lead back to a uti
1: um yeah, but you don't. It, you the thing is, in modern day, you only test the urine, whereas urine therapy you ingest the urine. Oh, so, so yes, we don't we do that don't in urine. We don't ingest urine. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> so so we usually You ingest. You usually ingest your own urine. Okay. Um. Uh, and that was apparently. Like I guess it's proven that it would help whiten your teeth and protect your skin and cure oh, acne
0: and interesting strep because throat and broken body not is the, know that
1: urine urine's toxic. Is the to all the toxins, it's all all the waste it's all the waste. It's going out of your body for a reason. All the
0: good stuff has been absorbed.
1: Yeah. So we don't drink our own urine. Not anymore, thank goodness. But back in the Roman time, the Renaissance, China, India, France, they were all on this, on this practice. I don't know how good luck to them <laughs>
0: so and then- I actually yeah. have heard though that um this is I, I I haven't tried it I don't know but I did read something a while ago when I was having trouble with my skin and I was looking at like online remedies um one of the online remedies was to pee in a cup and then rub the pee on your face and it would help with your acne it's toxic for a reason I would never try it I didn't <laughs> try it didn't because try it? um oh, okay <laughs> it's disgusting and I didn't try it but um You know what? If any of you guys want to try it and let us know if your skin clears, then we will be open to considering it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. um, Get back to me on that. (laughs) Let us know. (laughs) So the next one is, so let's say you had a finicky baby. Baby was a little fussy. And back in the day, you'd give him soothing syrup. And McKenna, do you want to know what was in these soothing syrups? I do. Okay. Morphine? nice chloroform okay morphine hydrochloride nice codeine okay. oh, heroin perfect.
0: you know powdered
1: opium nice cannabis nice combinations of these dangerous soothers like okay. that was exactly was in these soothing syrups for a I finicky s- baby
0: suppose that it is soothing
1: yeah, soothing, because my baby would be high as hell. Like, my baby is being mixed with... Uh, your some, baby is a
0: drug addict. Yeah, seriously. Um, wouldn't Addicted probably be to as soothing when heroin. you take them off the heroin and they start to withdraw. Oh, yeah, no um, kidding.
1: Um, this would this would be used if your baby was, let's say, teething. You would give them th- this combination of drugs.
0: Um, I know that I think my them. mom used to put, uh, dip the, um, the what's it called? The bottle, not the bottle, the the thing that they suck on. The pacifier? Yeah, the pacifier. You can put sugar on the pacifier, and yeah. that gets you to hold the pacifier, and that yeah, helps with your teeth. I mean,
1: yeah, I had that little pacifier toy. Yeah. The yeah. common standard practice of a baby's Yeah. Tubing. Okay. I think that's how my mom my helped My mom didn't give me thing. codeine. Like... No. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't give me heroin, I don't I think. I did not have um, cannabis. No opium. Mine. There was none. Um... So that was another common bizarre medical practice. Okay, yeah. Another uh, one was mercury. Mercury is highly toxic and dangerous to the humans. What did people do with the mercury? Ingest it. Nice. Ingest it. Eat it straight up. Straight up. What yogurt. was it supposed mercury. to help? Mercury. <laughs> um, apparently it was a cure all. It was used for Just to everything. cure everything. Oh, like when stomach hurts, mercury. Eat it. Um, I think that would that would kill me actually. <laughs> so yeah, it did. I uh, suppose you would be out of your pain because you would be.
0: Deceased.
1: <laughs> one Chinese emperor actually named Huang, giant China- emperor Huang. He nice. was. Uh, he was told he was. He okay. So apparently he wanted to live eternally, right? So the doctor Fair. said. He, the doctor said, ingest mercury. Okay. Um, that'll be great for you. Like apple. Or Ironically, this killed him.
0: Ironically. No kidding.
1: <laughs> so another common one. Okay. Yeah. Um. So going back to kind of to a soothing syrup. If you had a cough, just a pesky cough. You know what you did. Just have some heroin. Just go ahead. So there were a lot of addicts back in the day. There were a lot of addicts. Yeah, going back to how Coca-Cola used to actually, like, have Coke in it. No wonder people got... Oh, yeah, they got... used to have cocaine yeah. in it, didn't they? No wonder people things got done back in the day. Drinking Coca- Coca-Cola people like, were... high on, on cocaine. Yeah, That's wow. That's the
0: way to do it. Are yeah. we doing it wrong? <laughs>
1: um yeah we're doing it wrong we're doing no. it wrong so apparently that was this is honestly very common if your child had a cough or if you had a cough take some it heroin was it'll heroin, go away
0: like heroin syrup
1: yeah no worry no, yeah no wonder your whole body's on a suppressant a <laughs> massive massively addictive drug like so got a cough take some heroin that was very common that was like up until the end of the 19th century and for some of the 20th century that was a common practice okay yeah and apparently this could treat a morphine addiction. It, was, it, was it could ad- treat a it morphine was, it addiction? Was, it, was, it was advertised to treat your addiction to morphine because morphine was also commonly prescribed back in the day. Okay, so one opioid you have a morphine, Yeah, a stronger <laughs> opioid. Yeah, okay. Wow. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it's actually just a faster acting morphine. <laughs> so, form of morphine. <laughs>
0: more, more dangerous. Yeah.
1: Um, so, another one, um, it's called electrical impotence cures. So, if you were considered a weak man, like a weak man, or a weak person, okay. you had this, like, electroshock belt on. Nice. And it would just shock you, so you weren't technically weak anymore. Okay. And uh, this was actually commonly used in the late 19th I kinda century. I kind of like this one. Yeah, you, <laughs> it was. it. It was one of the many of the strange devices you'd use. Um, apparently, the electricity, this is their logic... It would bring a certain energy into the human body. Like, you'd become energized from being electrocuted.
0: Okay. And
1: um, it could it work wonders. It wakes you right up. It would work wonders if you were, like, impotent, if you were stupid, apparently, back in the day. And it was designed to shock the weak parts of the body. Like, get electrocute you so you can shock those weak parts and, like, come back. Uh-huh. So, the next one's lobotomy, which this was used in, like, this is... Very sad. I don't know if any of you guys have seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I was crying by the end. I'm sorry, spoilers. It. It's so sad. The ending, he's lobotomized. Um, so let's just talk about it for a second. I don't know if you want to explain it. Uh,
0: we're looking at an image right now. Yeah, it's it's not me exactly. Out.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you would pretty much in, insert um, objects into the brain, and they were usually 10 inch ice picks. Didn't they go through the nose or through yeah, the. Yeah, technically it's called brain slicing. And so then they, like, the swirl point. up your brain, basically? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Wasn't it supposed to help with, like, depression or, like... Depression, I... Yes. <laughs> yeah, because your a brain is no different. longer functional, yeah, so you exactly. can't be depressed.
1: Great. So, it would involve the insertion of this ice pick through the eye sockets, the front, the prefrontal cortex, the nose, and it would basically, you'd stick a long piece of this metal into your brain and you'd hit it with a hammer. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, apparently, that would cure your mental problems, <laughs> I mean, um, it's one way to go about it. Not, not, not my, uh, you know,
0: preferred way. I suggest but. finding a therapist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that was commonly used. Yeah. Um. Next one, very common was bloodletting. Um, I remember learning about this, and I remember talking to my friend. I was like, "Can you repeat that?" I was
0: like, "We learned about this together." Yes, we In, did. N- Nairi and I took a CPR class together because our yes. CPR cards need to be re- we need to we needed to recertify, whatever. So we, we took a CPR have to card. That yeah, we. Soon. It's yeah. Probably sometimes it, We'll be going back to Kirk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's his name, right? Yeah, it was. Okay, so we went to a CPR class, and um, our our instructor, Kirk, cool guy, mm-hmm. really cool guy. Uh, told us about bloodlighting for about thirty minutes. Um, I don't know if that's part of American Heart Association's guidelines. No, no, I don't know not if that's part, part of, the of their. Like it wasn't on the
1: exam. No, it wasn't anything on that. No,
0: it wasn't on the exam, but um, yeah. So we learned about this from him. I had never heard of it before this.
1: Yeah, so technically the whole science behind it is it's like, oh, you have a headache? Oh, let me cut open parts of your body, drain some of your blood, because yeah. I'm sure the headache is having yeah, to do with Yeah, like that. get rid of the bad blood, exactly. basically. Exactly, exactly. So people would just bleed. So if you had syphilis, drain some of your blood. Your kids are giving you hell. Drain some of their blood. Like, that would, like, just headache, some of that. So this was one of the, like, older ones, and it's been around, it's about 2,000 years up until the late 19th century this was used. So it was... Basically, because the key belief was that the body has four substance, substances, and it was the tasty-sounding things like blood, black bile, black bile, yellow bile, and phlegm. Like those, just all sound great. Um, and so, an excess or a shortage of these would result in an illness. So, the best way to cure some of it was to let out some of them. If you had too much, if you had too much black bile, ill. diggy stuff, Oh, that's making you sick. Uh, let's drain some of that. And uh, apparently, it would help get rid of diseases.
0: And then a lot of the time, they ended up draining too much blood, and the person person died. died. Just die. And I remember, do you remember where they used to do this? Near your veins is what I'm assuming. No, no, no. But I mean, like at like where you would go to go get it done. No. Okay, lightly. so I remember this from Kirk. They would go to barber shops, and then. Oh. Okay, so you know this the the pillar thing yeah, that's the outside pole? the barber pole. Yeah. Outside a barber shop with the red like stripes going around it. That meant that they did bloodletting there, and that was supposed to represent the like blood swirling down. Oh
1: my god. Yeah.
0: So that's where the barber wow, shop thing I'm came from. I'm not
1: looking at barber shops.
0: Same. <laughs> I those. know, but isn't that interesting? Okay.
1: Well, a few other ones. It's called, I believe this is pronounced trepanning, panning. Um, none of, neither of the pronunciations sound great. Horrible. This Horrible. I'm looking at a photo and I'm scared. So, a fancy term, you would just take a drill to your head and you just see what happens. Um, <laughs> this was used for any head-related illness. Okay, so some So you basically would just old, take a drill and drill right in. Olden day burr holes. Yeah, and you would just let the bad spirits out, out of someone's head. Um completely ridiculous a next one another ludicrous one is ear candles um i don't wait know why. this is still a
0: thing i think no way no i'm pretty sure it is
1: i guess if you had too much if you had like negative pressure like you had some of the stuff it gets in your, your earwax right i get i guess it gets rid of the earwax because technically wax no. i don't think candle wax and earwax are the no. same thing no, <laughs> no it somehow
0: gets some of the earwax out though i've seen I this is a thing that people do today I mean I, I wouldn't do it. I but just it,
1: recently had an ear infection. We just we did not do this. My doctors did not prescribe ear candles. candles. I no, but I think
0: it's still a thing today.
1: Well, I'm I don't I know. I don't approve. know. Moving not on. Not my cell <laughs> approval. But this was common. If you had anything wrong with your ear, just yeah, a someone came in there. into the
0: ER a few nights ago because they had too much earwax in their ear. We didn't do an ear candle. No ear candles. No. So this last one, you guys, best for last, is called Yeah, this one's disgusting. It's called psychic. Surgery,
1: so Sounds- okay. The name this is not one of the board certified specialties <laughs> in surgery. Think, I can attest yeah, to that. Yeah, I don't that. think there's
0: any psychic surgeons out there doing their residency. So, um, this is basically it's more paranormal
1: related. This was huge in the Philippines and Brazil during the 40s and 50s. So, basically. This person is awake, maybe sleeping. I'm not sure. The 40s and 50s were a rough time. I'm sure they just gave him a like, soothing syrup or a depressant. <laughs> so, and, uh, like, heroin and codeine. And they probably, they like, to the the 40s? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, basically, what you would do is with a surgeon who is in no way by the way qualified did not go to medical school but i guess if you're a psychic surgeon you're just any random any random (laughs) we could be psychic surgeons we could just be i'm not going to be a psychic surgeon (laughs) no
0: but i'm just saying we're we're qualified enough
1: (laughs) um exactly if we're (laughs) qualified enough to do it i can imagine what they were doing in the 40s and 50s in the brazil and philippines so basically what you do is you cut into a person with your bare hands like you scratch them
0: to get into their organs you
1: perform surgery with your bare hands and you put get not the bad stuff out. Yeah, we're looking at a photo, and this photo looks relatively recent. It's colored. Like, I'm a little worried. <laughs> um, so this is, this has to be the biggest hoax, the biggest, the most bizarre thing I, I that I personally have ever heard of is a, a random person who considers himself a surgeon is performing surgery on you with his bare hands to apparently get the bad stuff out so this was huge this, this became big in the u.s not as a practice but it became popular in the u.s because um a comedian named andy coffin at the time um i like i believe during the 40s and 50s um or actually during the 80s he was diagnosed with lung cancer and so he chose not chemo not mm-hmm. radiation no he 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 decided not a a common standard practice for cancer. He went on six weeks of psychic surgery. And guess what happened to him? He died. Um, I'm not surprised. We're looking at the photo
0: right now, and it honestly, I don't, it kind of, it stresses me out. And it scares me. Yeah. So, not
1: my type of a surgery. Not the kind of surgery that I hope to do one day. Definitely not. So, those were some of the most bizarre, ten of the most bizarre, weird, most crazy medical practices theories that we've ever heard of. Let us know which one was your favorite, which one you thought was the most bizarre. Because all honestly, all of those sounded pretty pretty horrible for me. So um, I don't know what about you, McKenna. Rank that. What which one was the most bizarre for you? The psychic surgery. Because I agree. It's horrifying. That's that's.
0: Horrifying. I mean, the drill to your brain is not good either. No. The lobotomy is not good either. No. But the Definitely most stressful to photo mercury. to me yeah. is the one of a man like. Digging into a person's back with yeah, their hands, nice the, I, bare yeah. hands. Um. So I'm I'm most scarred oh, by that, like that photo. Like, right. Like, like he just central nervous system. Right. Like, it, it's not good.
1: No. So moving on from the bizarre, the weird of medicine, we're gonna go into something that's now being apparently acclaimed. This is by Medical News Today. Um. This is now saying that uh, cocoa, which you can find in dark chocolate, whatever cocoa, can actually now help treat MS symptoms. So, which is multiple sclerosis, and uh, you know, this was really interesting because, uh, so MS, I guess to start off, it's, it affects the central nervous system. Um, it's an autoimmune disorder, and so, I mean, millions of people in the US and worldwide are diagnosed with this, um, have this disease. Uh, and so, symptoms are muscle weakness, burning sensations, numbness, chronic pain, poor balance and coordination, fatigue, and difficulty concentrating. So people nine out of the ten people with ms have fatigue and the symptom is like it's usually difficult to treat fatigue it's just more arrest whatever yeah so. and it's a degenerative disorder yeah, so exactly. it just gets
0: worse with time exactly until it eventually kills you
1: yes um sadly so now um apparently suggested that 45 grams of dark chocolate may improve your chronic fatigue syndrome um which is a side effect of having fatigue of ms and so I guess now trying to restudy this because cocoa contains flavonoids, I believe. Yes. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yes. Um, And so this is in plants and it naturally in fruits, veggies, wine, and tea. Oh, well, wine and tea. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is apparently, this is a benefit of having of cocoa. And if you're, if you have MS, you know, if you are trying to treat your fatigue symptoms, I try just having a bit more of Hershey's dark chocolate.
0: Yeah, I know. You know what? And even if it doesn't work... I mean, then you to, still, dark chocolate. Then like, you yeah. still had some dark chocolate. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, honestly, that's a good way, even if it doesn't work, even if it helps a little bit, even if it's one big hoax. Um, I'm trying to think if, if maybe you this add, more of a
1: placebo. Effect. Yeah, it,
0: it probably, it could be, I mean, I don't know, We I don't have no know. idea. but it's just interesting to read. But also, um, if you add to your daily dose of medications that you're on of a Hershey's chocolate bar, I don't think that's too shabby.
1: Yeah. Actually, I mean, it's saying it's a safe and it's like pretty easy way to relieve MS. Like, might as well try it yeah exactly like um, there's nothing to yeah. lose
0: by eating a chocolate bar exactly so but will it really help you that much i don't know
1: yeah i'm not sure but i guess the people like people that they did the study on um so people that had the high flavonoid version they experienced 45 percent improvement in fatigue and an 80 percent increase in walking speed which is huge with people for ms yeah. so Um, If this is working for you,
0: I mean, I love to throw like sometimes in my coffee, I'll throw in some just plain cocoa. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it tastes good. Flavonoids are yeah. So I don't know. It's a cool thing if it works or if it does anything. Yeah, it's not a hard thing to incorporate.
1: Exactly. Easy and quick. I don't
0: know. Interesting. Things are, it's always interesting to see what people come up with. Yeah. It's,
1: it's interesting because we're touching on disability in one of my GE classes, which is people with disability in society and politics. And they actually brought up, it was a really interesting, we had a, a speaker come in and her father was a doctor, but with a physical disability. And so it was crazy because people were like looking down upon him. He's completely qualified to be a doctor, but like people aren't looking at him as a doctor.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I thought that was really interesting. He has, like, people were looking at him patronizingly. This guy, this person who went to medical school, went yeah. to residency, took his boards, and, no, like, just because of a disability. So. I
0: remember I used to watch a show on TLC called Little Couple. Oh, yeah. And um, they're it's about um, a couple, a husband and wife, who are both uh, little people. Mm-hmm. And the wife, her name's Jen something, I don't remember the last name, but she's a doctor in a in the NICU, in wow. the neonatal intensive care unit. So she's a crazy, yeah, smart, insane. smart lady. Uh-huh. But she's like 3'9". Exactly. People and I think that's don't. so cool. Yeah, yeah, no, to get up to the incubators with the babies, she has to um, step up on a stool. I don't know, but I thought it was cool that she yeah, did all that. very true. You know? Exactly.
1: So... That's all we have for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back sometime soon as the end of semester rolls around because it's going to be sometime soon. Yeah. Um, hope all of you guys are doing well with your midterms. Hope you enjoyed the content. Again, give our last episode a listen with Dr. Nidarko if you're interested in trauma surgery or just having a good time in general with an awesome trauma surgeon and a D.O. Mm,
0: and a cool guy.
1: Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Yeah, just someone really cool to listen awesome. to. He has his own podcast too, so take a listen to that as well. Um, let us know. Um, Again, on our Instagram at Scrub Club Podcast. Um, I'm Nairi. I'm McKenna. And we'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much.